This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. What's up, everybody? My name is Corey Tulliba. I'm here with my co-host, Albert Gim. We are from No Ceilings, and we have a very special guest today. We got Neek Clifford in the building, um, and we are going to chop it up, break down some film for the first film sesh of the 2024 NBA draft cycle. So um, before we get into it, Neek, what's up, man? How you doing? Appreciate you being here. What's going on? I appreciate y'all having me on. Yeah, we're uh, we're excited to chop it up, man. Um, I got to say, your film has been some of the most fun film that we've gotten to watch this year. Because I think you're, you know, I mean, you're in the midst of a breakout season for Colorado State. I mean, just reading off some numbers for you. 13.3 points per game, 6.3 rebounds, 2.3 assists, um, one and a half steals, almost a block a game. You're shooting 60% from the field, 52% from three, 86% from the line. Just, you know, having an unbelievable efficient season on both sides of the ball. So, you know, you're a, a 6'6". I think you're listed at about 215 long um, wing out on the perimeter. If for somebody who's never seen you play before, how would you describe your game? I say my game is versatility. Uh, I feel like I possess a lot of aspects of the game, uh, defensively and offensively. I feel like I can score at three levels. I feel like I can facilitate um, and make the right play. And then defensively, I feel like I can guard the other team's best perimeter player or uh, go get a block when we need it. Or, just certain things to disrupt offensive players. So mm. I'd say versatility is the biggest thing with my game. Let's get into a little bit of your film. First thing I kind of want to highlight is, uh, you know, your athleticism and, and the fact that if somebody's going to rotate over, you might just put them on a poster. So, um, you know, take me through this and, and explain to me, because I, I think one of the things I noticed is for a righty, you're, you're pretty comfortable exploding off of your right foot and then hammering home with two hands. So so take me through this play, and and when did you know that you're about to yam on somebody? Uh, this possession was kind of crazy, too, because we, uh, you know, we we played late through the shot clock, uh, the ball movement. We were getting it all over the court. Um, and so I knew once I seen five on the clock, I was going to have to make a play. Uh, I could have settled for a three, but I seen I had the big man on me, so – I just decided to drive and was able to get past him. And then once I seen uh dude down there, I was <laughs> just like, I'm gonna just go up and see what happens. <laughs> um, yeah. I, usually I'm a I'm a left leg jumper anyway, but uh, like you said, I, I feel comfortable off my right. So I didn't I didn't think I was gonna go off my right then, but just the the timing of the dribble, I ended up having to go off my right, but it worked out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, I think that explosion, that athleticism, I think one of the, the underrated parts of your game this year, uh, when we're like measuring like NBA athleticism, like you have 17 dunks already. And, you know, that's a that's a really great number for a wing. Um, you know, it, 
especially for a wing. You know, you might see that from, you know, a big man who's just living around the rim consistently, but you're somebody who, you know, you're, you're playing out on the perimeter just as much as you are getting to the hoop. So when did you realize like, oh, like I'm like a real athlete? Nah, I was actually pretty small growing up. Um, you know, I always played point guard. I was one of the shorter dudes on my team up until I'd say my freshman year. I was about I was about five ten my freshman year of high school, and then uh, my sophomore year I grew to six foot, and then my sophomore summer going into my junior year of high school is when I really grew. Uh, I went from six foot to six four. And so that that summer was huge for me. And then I started to, you know, I always was decently athletic, but when I added that height on top of it, uh, it was it just really all came together. But athleticism was something I always tried to work on, jumping rope and different things like that. So, um, but it definitely all came together my sophomore summer going into my junior year. One of the things that I really appreciate about that athleticism you use your athleticism to turn defense to offense you know like you're you're really good in the passing lanes you use that length um do you know what your wingspan is i think it's around like six eight maybe yeah it's a little shorter shorter than most people think but yeah because you look long out out on the court you definitely use it you you use that length really well um and again you turn defense to offense and you're getting easy buckets and uh, i think a lot of times you know like you, you look at your efficiency numbers right now especially at the rim, getting dunks, that that absolutely helps. But I, I want to, you know, continue focusing on the defensive end because, you know, the, the first thing I, I think that is kind of a prerequisite for wing prospects right now is like, are you going to be able to defend at the next level? You know, there are a lot of guys who can go get buckets, but if you're not a two-way player in the NBA right now, right, mm-hmm. there's really not a path for you to be on the court unless you are, just an absolutely like lockdown or knockdown shooter, like specialist type of guy. Right. So your defense to me has really stood out. I think it's always the thing that has um, been consistent with you um, as a player. I think you've always kind of had that throughout your college career, but yeah, like you've had some, some tough matchups and in those matchups, you really, you know, been impressive in, in your discipline. And so right here, you're on Trey Alexander. He's another, you know, potential first round pick. Um, and I think it was kind of interesting what you guys did as a team where you had a lot of reps on Trey and then you had like Isaiah and like some of the smaller guys on, on Baylor Shireman, maybe to try to get up into him. But what are you, what are you trying to look for in, in this matchup? And, and when you're guarding a guy like Trey, who, you know, is a good shooter and, and can pass and, and all the different things that you're doing here, what are you trying to force him into? You know, like you say, when you play a good player, the most you could do is just try and make it difficult for him. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's, it's a little bit of scouting report type stuff, you know, which what his tendencies are. Um, but it's really just staying disciplined, uh, trying not to go for a shot fakes or, uh, certain things like that, and then you just got to move your feet. Um, so, like that closeout, just mm. I think was my biggest thing was just trying to stay disciplined and not fall for the shot fake. And then I just got to guard the drive after that and try and beat him to a spot. Um, and then once you get that that one bump, you got to kind of throw your hands back so then they don't call the foul. 
Um, but no, he's a good player though. So uh, it was a, it was a definitely a, a fun matchup for me to try. No, to you, you don't need. I, I was I was actually going to ask, right? Like some something that we see a lot of when we talk to players is like how much of what you're doing on defense is a scouting report. How much of it is instinctual? And I think what you said is important, right? Like. Some of it is instinctual, some of it is scouting reporting, what you've seen. But mm -hmm. something that I, I noticed watching your films, I feel like I feel like you're pretty good off ball, right? Um, and something I wanted to ask was, how do you see yourself as an off ball defender? And is that something that you've had to develop during your time in college, or do you feel like you've always kind of had that? Uh, I feel like it's definitely something I've gotten even better at. Pretty decent at. Um, like blocking shots from like the weak side and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, even in high school, I think that's something I did pretty decent was just blocking shots from the weak side. Uh, but definitely like being in gaps and help size, certain things like that, I've had to develop a little more. Um, but, you know, it's, it's crazy. People don't realize how much of a team defense, mm -hmm. like how much team defense goes into college basketball. People just think it's one-on-one -on -one and, you need to guard your man, but it's so much more than that. Um, so that's definitely something I've had to learn and get better at. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that's exactly right with, with the team defense. And um, I mean, I, I think that goes into like the discipline, like you're kind of doubling down, you're tagging, you know, Kalkbrenner down there. And then you have to, you know, cover all that ground in order mm -hmm. to get back out to Trey um, and contest and not jump at a, a possible fake. Uh and and not get caught in a position where he can blow by you because your momentum is taking you forward. You know, being able to to close out and keep that balance, um, and then switch your stance, like you said, take that bump, and then kind of get big and tall and long. And you know, when I watch you defend, um, and guys that I'm watching, uh, a lot of times I think that you, you have a lot of the same characteristics of a guy like Mikael Bridges. Um, and I think on on this possession, while it's you know this is isolated at the top of the key and there's no closeout. You know, I, I think that, you know, being able to take that bump and then forcing just getting big, I, I see a lot of similarities in the way that, um, you know, you guys defend. So it, do you watch like a lot of NBA hoops? I do. Um, you know, I watch more probably highlights than I do the actual games, but I, I definitely watch some of the games, too, when I can. Yeah. And I, I mean, I again, I, I think that. Mikhail is a guy who is somebody who obviously has a great reputation as, you know, a defensive player um, dating back to when he was in college. And again, I think you have a lot of those same similarities here against Louisiana Tech. Um, you do, again, a great job of, of keeping a, a great scorer, a tough shot maker in check, absorbing that contact and just using that standing reach to get really tall and long. So, you know, even if that wingspan isn't as long as we think it is, you're using it every inch of it in a way that is beneficial to, to the play. So, you know, what is uh, Isaiah Crawford like to do? What are you trying to make him do um, when you're guarding him? You know, he's, he's also a good player. He was preseason player there, Lee. Um, so I think just making most dudes – you want to try and make them take tough twos, um, you know, contested threes as well. But he's a he's a good shooter. So I think also giving him enough space where he's not going to drive by me and get to the rim. Um, so I had to just try and cut him off to that spot. 
being disciplined and sliding mm-hmm. my feet, having my hands out, like I said earlier, and then just contesting with my hands up. Uh, that's, I think that's a, that's a good possession. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply talked about how your confidence has increased since you went to Colorado State and that helped you on the offensive side. As we're talking about the defensive side of the ball right now, how much do you feel a difference in terms of your mentality and your confidence in terms of the, the uh, defensive side of the ball as well? Honestly, that, yeah, that's a good question. I think, honestly, my defensive mindset hasn't changed too much. Um, Somewhat, my role, a large part of my role at Colorado was to be a, a defender. So I was already in that mind state of trying to guard guard high-level dudes and high-level players. Um, and I kind of lost some of that offensive side of my game at mm-hmm. CU. Um, I think defensively, I've, I've had that same mindset probably through my whole college career. And again, I think defense, as long as you play defense and you have that mindset, you're always going to give yourself a chance to, you know, be able to play both sides of of the ball because offense could come and go. But but defense is the one thing right. that you could be consistent with, with energy and, and, and effort all the time. So let's take a look at uh, this possession here again. Um, Trey Alexander, you're getting up into him. Right. You're going to get a, a little bit of contact with the screen. Fight back. And then use that length to contest Trey at the rim. And again, you're you're full extension, so that you know you're using every inch of that length that you have. How are you timing those those contests? And especially when you have to fight over a screen like this, and you're playing defense from behind, um, so that you aren't fouling. Yeah, this one, this one's a little tougher because uh, how far the screen was set out. Um, so I could have climbed into the ball a little more, maybe and. Uh, fought over the screen to not even let him get downhill. Right. But in that situation, when you let him get to that spot, you know, you got to just keep playing and recover. Um, so I kind of figured he was going to shoot that once he picked it up. Um, mm. You know, you kind of see him going into that shot. So I jump a little bit before he goes into his shot. So it's a little bit of timing and then just mm-hmm. recognizing the play of what he is about to do. 
because the only thing he could have done once he picked it up was pass it or shoot it. So, um, and he had me beat. So I thought he's going to shoot it. So I just went for the block. Again, I, I look at a guy like Mikhail Bridges here and he gets nipped a little, right? He's playing from the side, but he's able to use that length. So like, again, not exactly the same, but a mm-hmm. lot of the same characteristics in, in how exactly, you know, you're trying to defend um, a play like this. Now, the other thing that I think, you know, NBA teams almost, again, you know, is a, a requisite is being switchable. Um, so, you know, you see, a, you guard a guy like Trey Alexander, who's about six, four. And then on, on this possession here, um, you know, you're showing your versatility because you're matched up with Tristan a lot. And and then you got a guy like Cody, Cody's probably six, eight um, himself. So when, when you see this possession, again, knowing the scout, how are how are you guarding him coming off this screen? Uh, you know, he's a guy that he's, he's good at getting downhill Cody. Um, so I kind of knew that, which was why I was, I was a little further back instead of switching up hard. Um, so just kind of knowing what he is probably going to do with tendencies. Like I was talking about earlier with the scouting report, um, you know, most times if it's a real good shooter, you're going to switch up hard so you take away that shot. But if it's a guy who gets downhill more, you can you can kind of sink back a little bit. Um, but I think just knowing he was going to be aggressive in that moment because there's only 37 seconds left or whatever the time was uh, when he came off the screen. Um, so just being ready to guard in that situation, knowing that he's going to be aggressive and then not fouling. Um, so, yeah, I think a big thing is just keeping my hands up and not staying disciplined, like I said earlier. Uh, let's let's talk about the offensive side of the, uh, the game now, because as versatile as you are defensively, I think you've shown to be just as versatile offensively. This kind of shot here uh, where guys are going to go under, because um, maybe that's what the scout has been traditionally, you know, for you over your career. And... Mm-hmm. A lot of guys are afraid to shoot those shots when guys go under, and this year you're punishing them. So, again, that that confidence it's it's showing on film. Um, do you always think you've been a better shooter than you you kind of the numbers have indicated over the years? I definitely think so. Uh, I, I especially in high school, I used to shoot these type of shots all the time, and you know, just had no regard. I really just shot. I was able to shoot whatever I wanted back in high school. <laughs> Um, so I had that confidence back then, you know, I talked about losing the confidence a little bit, but now this year, that's something we worked on this off season a lot is people going under me because that has been the scout, uh, just having that confidence to shoot that when they go under. Uh, so I definitely credit, credit, uh, the off season work with, with, uh, my coaches, just, uh, being able to make that read and have the confidence to shoot that when they go under and make them pay. Yeah. And if I can, uh, Corey, you mentioned it, right? The the off-ball movement for you has been unbelievable. And, you know, running off of DHOs, this type of play type is so common in the NBA right now, something we talk about all the time. And, Nick, I think for you, something that I, I noticed while watching your film, obviously with the increased confidence and the outside shooting being what it is this season, which is awesome, I think it really extend- has helped um, with some of the stuff that you're doing off ball as well, right? And I think something that I noticed was uh, you guys run a ton of motion, obviously, and you know, trying to get you guys opportunities with open or clean looks at the rim. 
can you speak to like your ability as a cutter? Is that something that you've kind of always had? Is that something you've been working on over the years? Or is that, you know, it could just be an instinctual thing. Like some guys just know how to time that stuff, know how to manipulate their defender and then get easy looks. Can you speak to that part of your game? No, I think it's some of it's instinctual for sure. Um, I think learning the game was a huge part for me of just knowing when to cut um, and just the timing of it. So I think watching film, certain things like that have helped a lot with my cutting and just being able to see it of like when you should cut, knowing if somebody's overplaying you. So I think it's a mixture of instincts, but also uh, just learning the game itself and knowing when to be able to cut. And then some of this stuff is, some of the, some of it is play calls as well. So um, my read is to cut or come off of the, the other action. So uh, it's just being able to make that read. I want to get back to your shooting. Cause I think um, you're not just shooting it well off of, you know, from, from behind the line, you're, you're also shooting it, you know, in the mid range. Um, so you've really been a three level scorer this year. So, you know, again, you come off the DHO little sidestep, step back. What, what are you reading right now that is telling you to, to pull up there for the mid range shot? Uh, I felt like he was behind the play a little bit. I probably could have got downhill even and got to maybe like a floater or something, but uh, I felt like he was trailing me and I was able to create some separation by, like sidestepping a little bit and then the big the big was showing a little bit so I might not have been able to uh get to the floater after watching it again but Mm -hmm. yeah just making that read of him trailing behind me so curling it a little bit yeah I mean uh, I I think it's the right shot and and you know I think that the next time right if you run this again it might open up that little over the top pass you know because now the bigs maybe has to come up a little bit more um and and play it that way so I, I think the mid-range especially when it comes to like utilizing guys who can pass the ball like you've shown is is super important because it makes you a threat not just behind the arc but again you're, you're super comfortable just getting to a spot and not you keep the game simple like that's what I like like there's not a lot of over dribbling and um just a couple of dribbles right to the elbow and and money I mean I, I love this mid-range shot for you especially like that big's gonna be in a drop because so many NBA teams are going to play in that drop. And, you know, a lot of guys will maybe have to settle for a floater because maybe they're, they're a little smaller and um, you can just hit that little pull up. And I think that it's, you know, they, they call it the lost art of the mid range. Right. But you've, you got that um, in your bag and uh, you know, it's something that you've been able to, to get to consistently. Now you, you touched on like doing post work. And I think it's the one area um, where I think like, I see, I think you have potential there. But, um, and you haven't got a ton of opportunity there, but it, sometimes I think like right here, Donovan Dent kind of pushing you off your spot. So w- how would you like, what What do you see here that you can kind of attack it in a different way? Yeah, no, nah, like you said, I haven't really posted up too much this year and it's something that we've worked on a lot, but uh, it's probably one of the more uncomfortable spots in my game. I feel like I rushed this one, especially. Mm-hmm. I think some I got to be better at when I am in the post is just playing more patient. Um, I kind of speed up, speed myself up a little bit in those situations. So just reading the floor, um, I, I feel like I I dribbled 
like right away. I could have surveyed the floor and then got into my move and been patient because he is a smaller defender. Um, so yeah, that's that's an area I feel like I can definitely keep improving. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped. The scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Now I want to talk a little bit about your, your rim finishing um, to get to that, that third level. And, you know, we start it, see there, you get a piece of the shot, good defense. Um, Cause I, I, I love this whole possession. You can grab and go, you're bringing the ball up the court, little screen, rescreen, and then kind of glide in smoothly. And one of the things I think the, the first thing I would kind of mention when you play with the ball in your hands is, is the pace that you play at, you know, you play very smooth. I, I think, very, very infrequently, you look sped up. And and here, I mean, you just do a lot of good things with the ball in your hands and then finish with that little smooth hang glide extension finish on the opposite side. So um, take me through this possession and, and what you're seeing and how you're, you're reading the defense to kind of do all the things you do after you bring this ball up here and as the screen comes. Yeah, no, I think um, playing with Isaiah a lot has helped me too. Uh, he's really good in these type of situations of just surveying the floor and letting the break develop. Um, so I knew I didn't have nothing. I could have pushed the pace even harder and I would, probably wouldn't have had nothing. So slowing it down a little bit, just let let uh, Pat get back into play. Uh, and then we was able to play that pick and roll. And the good thing with Pat is he can, he can roll or he can pop and shoot the ball. So um, I get to make that read. If I take two, I could hit Pat on the on the uh, throwback, yeah. and he's probably going to hit that three more times than not. And then um, if not, then I'm able to get downhill against the big. And so that's that's what happened in that, that play right there. Yeah, and, you know, talking about hitting the the big off, off the, the back, a little stagger here, and that's that right here, right? You, yeah. You, you come off that stagger. And what are you reading here when, when you come off the DHO, are, are you reading the kind of two guys right there? And you know, when, when they kind of hedge like this, that you're going to have enough time to kind of see over the top and, and get it back to the shooter. Yeah. That one was a quick read. Usually I'll look at the opposite or the, the low side defender mm-hmm. um, over there in the corner, right. but that one's a quick one. So I see two go to the ball, and so I just try and get it back to Pat quickly so he can shoot it. And this this play, I love. One, I love because you're finishing with your offhand, but the thing that stands out to me 
are the strides that you take to get mm. into the into the paint here. Um, I love it. Nothing develops. You move off it. You get it back. Little jab step, and then that long stride right there to create the space. Um, you know, your footwork is is really smooth. And look, it's hard to nitpick and find clips to to kind of be nitpicky because you're finishing seventy percent overall, and you're actually finishing even better in the half court at seventy one percent. Which again, that's like Mitchell Robinson center dunker spot type numbers. Um, but in, in a play like this, when you know you do have somebody like Ryan Kalkbrenner, who's, you know, huge, huge dude. Um, is there anything you would maybe do differently here um, as you attack him or see him yeah, coming over from, from the help side? Yeah, it's funny you played this clip because this is a play I wish I would have got back to. Uh, <laughs> I for so could have finished this one. I should have finished it, but I honestly, I should have just went and dunked it um, with two hands. I don't think he would have been able to get there. Uh, so I I probably that's what I would have changed in that situation. I would have just took off right there and dunked it. Um, but even the decision I made, I should have made that shot. But you got to now. Now, how much is watching? Else. How much is watching clips like this help you for the next time you're in that mm-hmm. scenario? I think it's huge. We do a lot of film work um, yeah. individually and as a team. Um, so I think seeing those type of things it just trains your brain to really see that situation. The next time you go out and do it, then you might have a different result. Um, so when I'm in this situation next time, I I know kind of better what, what I'm seeing and what I need to go do. Um, now, I, the, the last area of your game uh, that I want to hit is, and we showed, you know, your, some of your passing ability, um, a little earlier when, when we showed you hitting, hitting the pop, but I I've just been really impressed with, with some of the reads that you make in, in the pick and roll. Um, and right here we see you, you know, throw it over the top to the roller. Like you said, can pick or, uh, can pick and pop or, or pick and roll. So what is, again, what are you looking at to make that distinction on whether or not you should be hitting the roller should be hitting a pop or, or maybe even hitting somebody else on the floor? Yeah, I think, uh, like I said earlier, it's just reading that low man. But this play, they were in zone. Uh, so it was, this was a unique one. I just seen the big. He kind of – he went out for some reason. I think they were maybe going to match up uh, mm. out of the zone. But once I seen him uh, kind of move out of the paint, I seen Pat was going to be wide open and just throw it over the top to him. And then, you know, we're going to see it again here as you come off and this time they're going to throw two at you and you're still able to go over the top here being, you know, six, five, six, six, whatever, you know, you're, you're measured at how much is that height um, able to kind of help you in these scenarios where you, they do send two to the ball so aggressively. Oh no, it helps a lot. Uh, Being able to just throw that pass over the top of people uh, is definitely to my advantage. Uh, I'd say, in this possession in particular, I knowing knowing New Mexico is showing hard. Uh, they've been shoot, showing hard the whole game. I felt like I could have been a little more under control, just keeping my dribble alive. Mm-hmm. But retreat dribble, maybe. Pick, yeah, when he made me pick it up, though, you know, I'm just I'm looking that defender off um, who's tagging. Mm. So I'm looking I'm looking at the opposite corner, and then mm. when I see him kind of move out a little bit, I I knew I could throw that pass to. Rashawn's left hand. 
You know, yeah. Nick, something something I wanted to say, Nick, I feel like an aspect of your game that's a little underrated is your strength. And I feel like this is a great example of that, right? He's hard hedging, hits you pretty hard, but you don't lose your balance and you make an over-the-head two-hand pass. It's absolute dime, right? Can you speak to some of that? Just because like, I, I feel like you're a really strong player um, and how much of that are you working on? And is that something that you continue to, obviously we talked about the shooting and different things, but I, I feel like the strength is a big aspect of your game as well. A large part of my decision coming out of high school was going somewhere with a really good strength coach as well. So uh, CU has one of the best strength coaches uh, and Steve Englehart. So he really helped me a lot over my time just getting stronger. Uh, my three years hit there. And then JP, our uh, strength coach here at CSU, I stay in, stay in there with him too, just working on my body, trying to keep it right. And then I do a lot of stuff on my own just in the weight room, trying to keep mobility and strength in my legs. Uh, so I know that's an aspect that I might have to continue to keep improving at and just getting bigger and stronger uh, if I did want to play at the next level. Um, but, yes, yeah, definitely an important part of the game and being able to make that read. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Yeah. And, you know, we've seen you, you know, play kind of like that um, where you're you're kind of manipulating and, and dropping off, you know, pretty often. So take me through through this play against Creighton, too, because, again, I just love your patience and, and your poise and with the ball in the hand and you're not getting sped up, kind of turn and then go back into the screen here. So take take me through this and, and what you're trying to do against this defense, especially when there is, you know, somebody who can block shots in the paint like a, a, a Ryan Kalkbrenner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, he's uh, he's a uh, you know that's a little bit of scouting report too is knowing that he's a shot blocker. Uh, mm-hmm. So uh, when I'm getting downhill off this screen, I kind of see him there, and I'm I I didn't think I was gonna be able to get that finish. So I'm, when I leave my feet, I'm already knowing that he's gonna go up and try and block that shot. So I knew it was gonna be an easy dump down for Rashawn. Um, so it's kind of just knowing the personnel a little bit, but then also being able to make that read. Um, I feel like uh, like people say not to jump pass or whatever, but um, in that situation, I kind of knew I was going to need to jump to throw him off and make it, make it seem like I was shooting it and then just easy dump down to my big man. Who are some of the guys in the NBA that, that you really like watching that you maybe model your game after a little bit? Uh, all time is Kobe. Kobe's my favorite. Uh, he was, he was, he was a Kobe Bryant fan. So that's someone I kind of like, uh, to watch just the three level scoring and then his mentality, of course. Yeah. And then, Psychotic. um, Psychotic currently, yeah, no doubt. Currently though, I say Shay Gil, Gilgis or Tyrese Halliburton. I watch mm-hmm. a lot of those two. And then, um, Jalen Brown a little bit too, that wing type. Um, so I really like I really like those three currently. Yeah, what do you like about Shea's game? I just love the pace that he plays at. 
It's mm-hmm. like he doesn't get sped up. He's super strong and wiry. And then I feel like his first step is super fast. He's Deceptively fast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he's he's really good at playing off two feet when he gets to the paint. Yeah. And playing off those shot stops and pivots mm-hmm. and whatnot. So uh, he's he's probably my favorite to watch, actually. All the hesitations make him that much faster, too, right? It's Man. just unbelievable. It's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's crazy about, I was, development. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. No, you're right. I mean, this is a guy, he, he went <clears throat> 13th, I think, in the draft, which obviously he was a lottery pick, so it's not as if nobody – saw his talent but yeah. right now you could make an argument that he's the mvp of the league right and that's not what people thought he was going to turn into right you know when Being when he was clippers. at kentucky yeah and when he was yeah. with the clippers and you know he was a he wasn't a throw-in um to that trade but he was a guy that the clippers were willing to part with and you know now obviously right. like paul and Kawhi's, you got to do that right but um <laughs> but now you, you the clippers fans probably looking back being like damn like Kawhi could have signed here and we could have had sga right. crazy yeah. <laughs> <laughs> crazy <laughs> Nick, something something i was wondering um obviously eventually you're going to be meeting with nba teams and we're we we just talked an hour about your game right all the different levels all the different unique aspects of your game obviously as you mentioned, right? When we asked you, what, what do you think your game is about? You said versatility. Um, and I think NBA teams are gonna see that when they turn the film on. But rather than just like Nick Clifford the player, what what are what do you think NBA teams would wanna know in terms of Nick Clifford as a person? We've talked about your work ethic. We've talked about your desire to watch film and to continue to work on the different aspects of your game. But what what's something, you know, NBA team will sit you down and be like, all right, Nick, Nick tell us about yourself as a person. Um, what do you think you'd be able to say to that? Uh, I feel like I'm a really just, this is a cliche answer, but I'm a really good person. Um, you know, I like to, I'm not a troublemaker. I don't like, people don't got to worry about me getting in trouble. I stay in the gym. I stay at my house, uh, playing the game with my teammates or watching film or watching TV, whatnot. Um, and then other than that, I'll be in the gym a lot. So I'd say that aspect, you don't got to worry about me being too crazy or getting in trouble or certain things like that. And then um, being a good person, I feel like I like to be positive. I like Mm -hmm. to help others when I can. Um, You know, I think little things like giving out autographs and taking time out of my day to uh, just go show love to fans who come and support me too. I think stuff like that goes a long way. So I'll never do nobody dirty or, um, you know, be negative to somebody. I just don't believe in that. So I would just say mainly that, just being a good person, giving to others when I can, and uh, staying out of trouble. I mean, Nick, man, this is, this is a lot of fun. Getting to chop it up with you and pick your pick your brain and um... – you know, kind of show what, what you can do on the floor on both ends. So uh, I appreciate you taking the time to to come on the show and, and chop it up with Albert and I. No, nah, I really appreciate y'all having me. It was a good time. I don't get to break down my film with people too often. So it's, this was, <laughs> this was definitely a lot of fun. <laughs>